And I want to just preach on them this morning and uh, ask God to help us. So the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 18, we'll read three verses beginning in verse number 15. The Bible says, And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called unto them and said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. In these verses that we have selected for a text this morning, we find that Jesus not only welcomes the worst of sinners, and we have certainly preached on that, how he went and found that maniac of Gadara who was uh, uh, possessed with the devils, and he was living in the graveyards, and they could not even bind him with chains, Mark said. We talk about those of ill repute, how he saved that woman who was caught in the act of adultery, the woman at the well who had five husbands and was currently uh, shacked up with another man. We think about all those stories of the wicked people and the vile people that Jesus invited to come to him. But in our text this morning, we find that he does not just welcome the vilest of sinners, but he welcomes the smallest of sinners. Even the little children, he invites them to come unto him. In our text, this is a comparison text to Mark and Matthew's account of these parents bringing their children to Jesus. Of course, we understand, and the, the Word of God is specific in verse number 15, that let us know that infants were brought to the Lord on this day. And we understand that an infant cannot be saved. They don't have the comprehension of the gospel. Uh, they have the lack of ability to understand. But I will say this, and the point that I want us to note in our text, that it is never too early to get your children around the Lord Jesus Christ. For even as these parents have these little infant children, they wanted their children to be around Jesus Christ. And the point of this message this morning... I want to preach on bringing our children to Jesus. Bringing our children to Jesus. Now, I want to say this morning that this message is directed towards parents, but in reality, it's directed towards every one of us that make up the body of Christ. Sunday school teachers, song, uh, uh, choir leaders, folks that sing, folks that labor in the church because children are watching all of us. And they and we have an opportunity, you Sunday school teachers, you have an opportunity to teach the gospel and teach the word of God to these children. And even though it's the parents' job, you also have a responsibility to get those children to Jesus. Myself serving as the pastor and preaching the word of God here, it is my responsibility to preach the gospel and expose these children to the Lord Jesus Christ. Adrian Rogers, the great, one of the last great Southern Baptist preachers, tells of a story of a little girl who came to her mother and said, Mother, you know that very expensive vase that beautiful heirloom that has been passed down in our family from generation to generation to generation. Mother, do you know that vase I'm talking about that the generations have passed down? Yes, sweetheart, the mother replied. She said, well, this generation just dropped and broke it. She was confessing to the fact that she had broke her mama's vase. But here's what I want to say this morning. We have a faith. 
We have a gospel that has been passed down from generation to generation. And I think it would be a tragedy that if we didn't pass it down to the next generation, to our children, to your grandchildren, to the children of this church, bringing our children to Jesus. I want to note four things in these three verses this morning. First of all, in verse number 15, the first half, I see the parents described. Look at verse number 15. And they brought unto him also infants that he would touch them. If our children, listen to me now, if our children are going to get to Jesus, then the parents must step up and fulfill their God-given responsibility. Paul said, in Ephesians and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord that word that little phrase provoke to wrath it means to call into action to violent anger he said don't turn your children towards sin don't lead them down a path of sin but provoke them to godliness provoke them to live for the Lord provoke them encourage them admonish them to live for God we know the verse, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he'll not depart from it. Deuteronomy speaks of, of teaching the Word of God in your home and, and making the Word of God prevalent. I'm going to tell you why a lot of kids, I know kids can be raised in church and they still go wrong. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you why a lot of kids uh, don't know anything about God. It's because mom and daddy just talk about Jesus at church and there's no reality of God at home. And there's no reality of the Bible at home home and they never pray and they never read the word of God and they never make the house of God a priority I want to remind you this morning that we as parents must do everything we possibly can to make sure our children are exposed to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This means that we bring them to church on a consistent basis not just Easter and Christmas that's not a consistent basis we got to have them in Sunday school, amen. That's where they get, they get Bible lessons on their age level. And I try to put the cookies on the bottom shelf and, 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 and all that, but that is a time that is specifically set aside for the children uh, to learn about the Word of God. The primary, listen to me now, the primary responsibility of the evangelization of your children is not my job. Now everybody think it's the preacher's job, and I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach to them, but it's your job. It's your job to teach your children about Jesus Christ. It's my job to teach my three children about Jesus, how he was born, how he lived a sinless life, how he died, he was buried, and he rose again. That ain't nobody else's job but my job. The church assists in that. The Sunday school teachers assist in that. The preacher assists in that. But I'm telling you, the only time they hear about God shouldn't be when they're on 270 Duns Mountain Church Road. They ought to hear about Him at home. Amen. I know these parents, three things about them. I note their discernment. They brought unto Him. See, they knew, they knew two things. They had discernment about Christ. They knew who Jesus was. A lot of parents won't bring their kids to Jesus because they ain't even saved. They don't even know God. They're living their own life, doing what they want to do, going through the motions, making their money, making their, making all their popularity, all those things. I'm not against that, but I'm telling you, at the end of the day, you better know God. You better have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your babies are counting on it. 
Amen. I understand children can be raised in a home where, where a mom and dad's lost Brother Fagger and the children still get saved. I understand that. That can't happen. But I tell you, I like my chances better of a mama being saved and daddy being saved. I like the chance of Junior and Lulu getting saved a whole lot better than with a parent that drinks and, and does drugs and don't go to church and don't read the Bible and don't pray or they might be religious but they don't have a relationship with God. Oh, I'm telling you, they had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why else would they bring those children to Jesus if they didn't know who he was? They had, but watch this, they also had an understanding about their children. As innocent as them little babies are, they are sinners. The psalmist said they come from their mother's womb speaking lies. They're little liars. That little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl sitting back here in that cute little dress. I'm talking about Judah, okay? Uh, she's sweet. She's pretty, pretty. She's cute. She's a little devil sometimes, though. Amen. She, you know why? Because she's born that way. Because her daddy's a sinner. Her mama's a sinner. They are born that way. I know they look sweet and innocent. But it's, your do it's not your duty to save your children. But it's your duty to get them under the sound of the gospel. You know what Paul said about Timothy? And that from a child. Thy on the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make thee wise in the salvation. Timothy's daddy's not in the picture. We don't know where he's at. But thank God for mama and grandma that had an influence on Timothy's life. And one day when the apostle Paul came through preaching, Timothy, all that truth he had heard, oh, hey, man, all that truth he had heard all his life, the light turned on. And Timothy got born again and saved by the grace of God. And God made a preacher. And he eventually pastored John the Beloved there at the church of Ephesus. I'm telling you, though, it's started with mama started with them parents his mother and his grandmother Paul mentions that in chapter 1 of Timothy he said that faith that was in your mom and your grandma I see it in you he said that from a child Paul didn't meet Timothy till he was in his late teens early 20s that from a child that means mom and grandma must have been pouring something in him do you know your children need to be saved three people know that your children need to get born again. Let me say this, and, and, and mine are starting to get close to this age, and I'm going to practice what I preach, but I ain't forcing salvation on my kids. I, I read this, this, a man wrote this, it's not my own, he wrote this, and I, I want to give him credit. He said, when your children come to you and wanting to be saved, here are some good questions to ask them. What does it mean to be saved? Don't, don't say, okay, well, let's just repeat a prayer. No. Ask them, what does it mean to be saved? Why do you feel like you need to be saved? Are you a sinner? Can you explain to me how a person gets saved? Can you explain to me what sin is? Do you know what the gospel means? Well, preacher, they're just kids. Hey, at that point, they're sinners. And yes, you've got to talk to them on their level. I'm telling you, it's been too much of this, five and six, and I got saved when I was five, but it's been too much of these little childhood professions that some preacher or some, some altar worker just run them through a little prayer so they can put a notch on their gun belt. Hello? And I'm having to clean up that mess now. Amen. I'm just telling you, deal with them. And watch this. If they don't give the right answers, don't put words in their mouth. Just say, hey, sweetheart, that's wonderful you're asking about wanting to be saved. You just keep listening to the preacher and you keep listening to your Sunday school teacher and you keep listening to mom and daddy when we pray together 
and, and, and God will God will work on, God will let you know. Hey, you listen to this preacher. God ain't gonna let no baby go to hell wanting to be saved. God ain't gonna let no child that's wanting to know die and go to hell if they're seeking truth. Sadly, we've ran kids through things. Hey Amen. I, I, I told my wife, I said, as I, I'm careful about where I take my family in meetings. I said, but I'm liable to get ran out of some meetings. The first Jaybird preacher won't stick their Bible on one of my kids' nose and try to put a notch on their gun belt. Yeah, yeah. Hey Amen. I'll hit them with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hey Amen. And Josh. Yeah. Why? Because it ain't about, well, I won this. It ain't about winning them. It's about getting them to Jesus. In fact, the whole he that wins souls wise, that ain't talking about soul winning anyway. I know that's context. I'm saying we don't win. The Holy Ghost wins people. But Jesus wins. It ain't about me winning. It's about Jesus winning. Their, their discernment. You know what a lot of parents don't know? Because they don't even know the gospel. They've never even been born again. Sir, how can you tell your children how to be saved if you're not even saved? Mama, how can you tell them kids how to be saved if you're not even saved? I know not only their discernment, I know their diligence. Look at the verse again. And they brought unto him also infants. Hello. It takes some diligence and dedication to take a kid anywhere. Talk to me. T tell me that mine are not the only one that it's an act of Congress to get out the door. Amen. Amen. I mean, we went to the Jurassic World live show last night, and, and uh, uh, it, it, we had fun. But you know what I'm doing? Dax, I got Daxton by the hoodie, and Grace has got Sattler by the hoodie. Why? Because there's 40,000 kids in there with dinosaur heads on, and we don't want to take the wrong kid home. Amen. I mean, it'd be awful. I mean, you're not even ours. Do you eat as much as the last one we had? I mean, do you listen any better? Why? It's, 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 and you're trying to put them in a car. I'm talking about bringing them to Jesus. It's hard getting them ready on Sunday morning. Believe me, my wife's done had an experience this morning with our daughter. Trying to get them here. Trying to give them the house of God. Get the dress on them. And then they express themselves all over their outfit. You know what I mean. And you try, I, I tell you, you get them ready. I used to love Easter Sunday morning. You see them mamas get those little boys together. They got their suit on, hair slicked back. But I'm going to tell you, that little boy's going to find every mud puddle between here and the church house to jump in on the way to church. You're about half backslid when you get here. Come on now. Talk to me. So you think it's any easier in these days? They don't have a minivan to pop them kids in or drive them to Jesus. They ain't got strollers. Push them to Jesus. Then mamas are toting them. And they're walking. But you know what they thought? It's important enough to get them to Jesus. I know it's to aim. I know it's taking a lot of work. I know it's stressing me out. I know it ain't always easy. But it is worth getting my babies to where Jesus is. Hey, keep bringing them to church. You gotta take them out and deal with them. Deal with them. Bring them back in. That's why we're here. We're not shoving our kids off in some side room and let them run about Chucky the church mice. Somebody say amen. They need to be under the preaching of the gospel. And one day my prayer is that God will turn the light on. And they'll be saved by God's grace. I know it's I know it's hard getting them in the house of God. I understand that, but ain't it worth it? It's hard getting them to go anywhere. But you ought to give them the church. Give them where Jesus. Is. Notice 
not only their discernment, their desire, or their diligence, their, but their desire. Look at the text again. They brought on him also infants. Here's their desire that he would touch them. They said, Lord, would you please not just, I just don't want my kids around Jesus. Watch this now. But I want Jesus to put his hand on my children. Oh, don't miss that. Here I go, preach on diligence, and mine starts crying. Amen. When I'm, here's what I'm t- telling you this morning. It's not enough just to have your kids raised in church. You've got to pray God touch their heart one day. In other words, by the way, these are the same hands that, 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 that created man in the garden. Same hands that wrote on the wall there in the book of Daniel, the judgment on Nebuchadnezzar. Touch the bl- Belshazzar. Touch the blinded eyes. The same hands that broke five loaves and two fish again. The same hands. Those same hands would have nails driven to them in just a few, few years from this text. A few months, maybe, during the timeline. But they wanted them hands to touch their children. I'm not being disrespectful to any parent with, a, with adult children this morning. I'm not being disrespectful to you, okay? But you'll talk to people and say, well, how's your kids doing? They're adults. Oh, they're doing good. Boy, they're making a lot of money. Just built a brand new house. Got a brand new car. I tell you, they're, they're living the high life. They going to church? Well, they go a little bit. And they ain't a church like ours, but at least they're going. I'm not doing disrespect to anybody, but I don't want that for mine. And I know you can't help what they do when they move out. I understand that. But I don't want to settle. And I'm going to pray that direction. I just don't want my kids to get saved, but I want them to know they're saved. And then I just don't want them to be saved and know they're saved. I want them to be a part of a local church. Not just any local church. A King James Bible preaching church where they sing the old hymns, where they still believe in prayer, where they still believe in worship, where they still believe in dressing right and doing right. I don't want I understand they're adults. You can't do anything about that now. But would you pray for ours? Would you pray for mine? Amen. Their desire. Boy, i got to hurry. That's only point one. There is the parents' desire. But number two, verse 15, there's the protesting disciples. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. Notice two things. I won't be much longer. The source of this rebuke. When the disciples saw it. If anyone should have been happy to see children being brought to Jesus, it should have been the 12 preachers that he had. But you know what I found out? Preachers are bothered by kids in church. They are. Get that kid out of here. Get him in a nursery. I've heard that before. What a jerk. I'm just telling you, I understand kids act up, and sometimes you've got to go out and, you know, my daddy would say, apply the Board of Education to the seat of knowledge so you can get a better understanding. Sometimes you've got to do that. Then you bring them back in. Don't take, don't take them out, wear them out, and then let them play in the nursery and teach them all i got to do is act up and endure the hardness for a little while, then I get to play with toys. Endure hardness as a good soldier. No, that's not what we're teaching. We want to teach them that we go to church. And I'm glad these kids play around here. They have a good time. I'm glad for that. But these kids know that when we come here, we come here to sing. We come here to pray. We come here to preach. You know why? You know how I know they know that? Because when service is over, they're up here. Most of the time, if they're not fighting or tearing one another up, they're up here singing and preaching and amen. Why? Because church is important. They don't learn that in a children's church. I don't know why I've got to get to children's church here lately, but I've been blowing them up, haven't I? And everybody do what they want to do. That's, that's what we're going to do here. The source of this rebuke. But then, notice, no, you know, they were, the disciples weren't the only ones. Bothered. Remember when in Matthew 21, Jesus went in that temple? 
And uh, them Pharisees, them chief priests, they got mad because them children were crying out, Hosanna. Hosanna. And they, they got mad. They, the, Bible, the Bible said when they saw, they said to him, here's how what these say. He got mad at these children praising the Lord. Where did they learn how to say Hosanna? Well, you read the previous part of that chapter. That's when Jesus was riding in Jerusalem and they got them palm branches saying Hosanna. They learned it from watching mom and daddy. And that crowd that got bothered that them kids were worshiping, Jesus, he left them. He walked out of that temple and said, if, kid, if children ain't welcome here, then I'm not welcome here. You know what Jesus said? He said, uh, he, said, he, he, he teaches us that these children, he said, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, eyes perfected praise? According to that, perfect praise comes from the voice of a child. What about that? You see these, oh, Uriah this morning got a microphone, and he's just going after it, just singing, just singing. He's already a better singer than his daddy, amen? I mean, just taking off that. What? That's perfecting praise. Sattler, he'll, he'll sing, what's his song? He's, he's saying, Jesus loves me, happy birthday, love lifted me. I, I hate happy birthday, by the way. I, he's singing, why? Perfected praise. Perfected praise. Teach him that. Daxon, he's backslid. He don't sing no gospel music anymore. Amen. The source of this rebuke. But then the silliness of this rebuke. The word rebuke means to tax with fault, to rate, to chide. These are these preachers supposed to love God. They say, hey, hey, get these kids away from Jesus. He just, he's just the way, the truth, and the life. He's just the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Get these kids away from him. <laughs> Seriously? All right, get these kids out of here. We're just going to preach the Bible and tell folks about Jesus. Now, get the kids out of here. Amen. The, the protesting disciples. Number three, notice the private discussion. I'm almost done. Verse 16. But Jesus called, an event, called them unto him, the disciples. He said... I wonder if Jesus said, get over here. <laughs> you got aggravated. Watch what he said. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. There's two things you can do to your children. First of all, you can hinder them from coming to Jesus. What Jesus said, except you be converted and become as a little child, you shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one uh, such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. The word offend there means to put a stumbling block, to impede the way upon another may trip or fall. Well, we got a lot, you know, we got a lot going on this morning. Grace, come here for a second. I never use an illustration, but I'm going to use you this morning. Richie, you're going to be Jesus because you've got a beard. I want you to stand over there. Daxon, I want you to come over here because you're, you're our kid. You stand over there. You know what I've seen a lot of parents do? They want their children to come to Jesus. Come on, walk towards Richie. Come on, walk towards Richie. Now, we're not going to come back tonight, preacher. We're not going to be back on Sunday night. Try to walk to Richie. Walk to Richie. Now, we won't be here for Sunday school because, you know, it's just so hard to try to get kids here. Walk to Richie. Well, we can't come to revival. You know, it's a school night. They're hindering them. I'd hate to know that I was doing something that hindered my baby from getting to Jesus. Well, we can't come to... We, come Come here. 
We can't, we can't, go, to, we can't go to church today. We've got to go see Grandma. Oh, tell Grandma to FaceTime you and come to church. I want to go see my grandma on Sunday. Somebody help me. Family reunions. You know what you're doing? You're teaching your children. Ball games, events. You're teaching your children. Now, Jesus is important, but you got to do this first. It's hindering them. It's hindering them. It's, or you can hinder them, or you can get them by the hand. And you can bring them. I would much rather do this than do this. Thank you. You can sit down. There's only, there's only two choices. You're either hindering, by the way, you as a church member, you're doing one of the two things too. Them kids know when you're here, they know when you're not here. Sunday school teachers, you, you have that option. You can hinder them or you can help them. I'd hate to know that, and I know at the great white throne judgment, they're not going to bring an excuse, but I'd hate to know that I was the reason. Because I was one way at church and another way at the house. Is that right or is it right? Oh, may God help us. And then, it's such a, God, God put that on my heart last night about the illustration. I, I began to weep. I was laying in the bed praying and began to, trying to go to sleep. I began, began to think, boy, I'd hate to know that I hindered my babies from getting to Jesus. Because I wanted to focus on my friends and my career and my pleasure and my fun. Come on, I'm talking my generation. We're adults now. We're not teenagers no more. We don't live a party life. We ain't got to have friends anymore. Hey, the reason God gave you a wife, sir, that's the only friend you need. Ma'am, the reason God gave you a husband, that's the friend you need. I understand fellowship and all that. But we got moms and dads that push their kids off on babysitters every weekend so they can go and live out their life again. Hey, hey, you listen to me. If you want to live that kind of life, you never should have had kids to start with. Man, what was in my breakfast this morning? I'm just telling you. I see parents push their kids off all the time. Push their kids off. Never spend any time with them. Never bring them to church. Never read them the Bible. Never pray. Oh, but mom and dad's out there. They're having their parties and they're having all their fun and all that. Hey, I'm telling you this morning, God did not let you bring children in this world for them to grow up and die and go to hell. I was talking about Barry Rack the other night. Got saved in that revival meeting that Randy Bang was preaching. He said, he said, I'm, I'm, it's only 11.45. He said, he, he said, I was 18, 19 years old. He said, I rebelled. He said, and I left home. And he said, my mama got to praying. And he said, and she got to praying so much, she found out where I was staying. She said, she went where I was staying, broke in the house, packed up all my stuff, put it in her car, drove it and put it in my house, then called me at work and said, hey, I didn't bring you through my womb for you to die and go to hell. Your stuff's at the house. Come home for supper tonight. Don't sound like she is worried about offending him. Made a pretty good preacher, I'd say. I'm just telling you. I'm, we need some mamas and some daddy like that. And say, if you're going to go to hell, you're going to go over my dead body. Because I'm going to do my best to get you to Jesus. Well, I don't want to upset him. I don't want to make him mad. What are you going to do, send him to hell number two? Oh, we got a burden. We got to have a burden for these children to get them to God. You can hinder them or you can help them. And then last of all, there's the preached doctrine. Look at verse 17. Verily I say unto you, there's the truth. He said, what I'm telling you is the truth right here. 
Whosoever should not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, that's the type. He said, if you don't come to God with that childlike faith, the tragedy is you shall no wise enter therein. He used that little child as an example. He said, these children are coming to me. You see their innocence of their faith. You see how they believe in me. You see how they love me. He said, if you don't come to me like that, you're going to die and go to hell. Now, the message has been preached this morning. That just fulfills the outline. But I want to encourage you this morning to bring your children to Jesus. It is more. It is part of it. But it is more than just bringing them to church. That's part of it. You make sure they're in school. You make sure they brush their teeth. You make sure uh, that they take a bath at least once a week, whether they need it or not. Especially if you got boys, sometimes it can be a battle, amen. You, you, make, you make sure you do all those things. Why? Because you know they need that. You make sure they eat three times a day. At least they got to have something. They got to eat. You make sure of all that. And that's all important. And that's all correct in what you're supposed to do as a parent. But you know what your main job is? To bring them to Jesus. To get them to God. Wouldn't it be a blessing that your children could say, my mom and my daddy were the first real Christians I ever saw? I don't know about you, that's a desire I have. I don't want to be one thing at church, Brother Rich, and another thing at the house. And I ain't a perfect dad. I'm probably the worst dad in here. I'm going to tell you, may God challenge us all to live a life. The best way to get your children to Jesus is you to get to Jesus. And if you're living for Jesus and walking close to Jesus, you know why I wanted to be a preacher? Because my daddy was a preacher. And people criticize that. But ain't it funny how plumbers, most of the time their kids become a plumber? And how electricians, most of the time their kids become an electrician? And how bums, usually their kids turn out to be a bum? Now God called me to preach. But I saw that influence. I saw that desire. Why, does, why, does, why do these boys get up here and preach? They see their preacher. They see these other preachers. He sees his daddy up in the pulpit. Why? What kind of influence are you putting in your children? The importance of bringing our children to Jesus. Believe it or not, that was 30 minutes. Let's stand together, heads bowed, and our eyes closed.